Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey. And I'm Chantal Renee. And, and we, we love, love sex and horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey. And I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister. Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex, sex and, and horror. Good evening. Hello, Chantel. How you be? Pretty good. I'm excited about tonight's episode. We don't have a guest, but we're talking about two shows that I love, so I'm hyped. Yes, I am too. It's been a, pr- a pretty cool day. I actually got a, a new baby today. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Her name is Bradley. It is, a, it is not a child. It's my guitar, which, you know, oh. is kind of like a child. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. It's an acoustic electric and I'm just like in love with the sound. But anyway. Oh, nice. All right. Well, congrats. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, yes, I'm excited about our episode. We've been really wanting to talk about this for what, like a week or two now? Yeah, yeah, like for real. So the first show, you want to get through um, like events coming up? You want to just jump right into our reviews? Um, Well, I mean, we do have some some events happening. Um, One thing that's exciting, just so you guys know, sometimes, I think the last time we passed out our stickers was back last year when we had a Houston Hort Film Fest, the year before last maybe, because we didn't promote last year. Um, or maybe we had a couple, but anyway, we were going to have stickers again. I just ordered us some stickers this, this evening. Oh, yay. Okay. So make sure you guys pay attention where we're going to be. Come get your sex and horror podcast stickers. Yeah. And, and this was one of those times where I was like, Chantel, who, who wants stickers? Like, I don't do anything with stickers, but she was right. They, they went fast. Everybody just loves stickers. So mm-hmm. Chantel, Ch- Chantel knows about that. So that's. <laughs> That's for me. I know about back. the stickers. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a back seat, let her take care of that. Mm, just fall in line. Okay, sex life. <laughs> okay, we do need to let people know. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We are going to be spoiling these shows we're going to talk about this evening. We are going to spoil the heck out of it, y'all. But it's it, this is more a discussion about these shows because we're just doing two than it is a review because I really want to have some dialogue about it. Plus, when, we've talked about these shows before, so now we've kind of got like a little broader view with more seasons under the belt now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, With Sex Life, okay, this is a, a Netflix show, y'all, and this was the second season, and Chantel, I'm just going to tell you, I was so fucking emotional while I was watching this season. Were you? Yes. I was so emotional. What was causing it? I think, and, and I, and I told you I was going to go back and watch it so that I could, um, I wanted to pull out some of her quotes, like some of her quotes really spoke to me, but I guess I could relate in the whole sense of her trying to find herself post being a mom, post being a wife. You know, they went through all sorts of transitions. Well, and... let's paint a picture here. Let's paint a picture. So this is season two, yeah? Yeah. So guys, in the first season of this show, this series actually caught, I think, Dicey by surprise. She got swept up in it. This yeah. Was back in, what was it, 2021? Uh-huh. Yeah, we had to wait two years. Yeah. So back in 2021, she literally watched this. We were doing a show. 
<laughs> we were at a hotel room. This bitch here could not sleep all night. I was like, girl, you are not 20 years old. How you handle it today? But she stayed up all night watching this show. And I had to go back and watch it. And I was like, yeah, that moans and groans sound familiar. Because she was watching them while I was asleep. So the show is about a, a woman who, did she, she, I don't know if she had just given birth or it had been like a year since she would given birth. Yeah, but she had an infant that she was breastfeeding. Yes. So, yeah. So this was two year or a year into her her second child's life, and she was not very happy. Now I don't know. Did they ever? I don't even remember. Maybe you remember. Did they discuss postpartum situation at that from that season? Was there anything like that that they were talking about? I I don't remember seeing anything about that. I don't think they looked at it from like a psychological standpoint it was mainly i think in season one they kind of portrayed her as just being hot and horny for her ex yes like she just could not get him out of her head like maybe she married the wrong guy because she married the guy who was stable instead of the guy that she had a very toxic relationship with well you see i looked at it different okay because back then i remember seeing him going he brought out this wild part of her, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she was wild. Her What was her girlfriend's name? Oh, my God. Sasha. Sasha. They mm-hmm. were just like, I ain't never seen girlfriends like that. They were like, they were partners in crime, for real partners in crime. Mm-hmm. And not like actual crime. But um, And I was just like, wow, she was a whole different human when she was with that guy. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, continue. She married this nor this normal kind of uh, uh, stable. Um, what would be the right word? I guess father figure. Um, more of the safety, the safe guy. Mm-hmm. He was, he was the guy who was. Uh, she felt she, which is something that women want to. He provided some security. That's the word right there. He was the provider. He was the provider type. Yeah. Um, yes. But Brad, Brad was rich too. Like Brad had his own family, his his own company, and he was wealthy. So she she was wealthy. She she had a wealthy guy either way. But they had a trauma that happened where she lost a baby mm-hmm. in season one, and they both they disconnected from each other, and they could not. And I mean, her and Brad, her and her ex, mm-hmm. she and her ex. They did not handle that traumatic situation well, and the relationship spiraled out of control after that. And she married the guy that she felt would always be there for her, that she could have a family with, and that um, wouldn't wouldn't shut down on her and all that. Mm-hmm. And so coming into this season, I loved it i mean it was it felt kind of awkward in the beginning. I think maybe it was because it was it had a different tone, but I love the depth that they provided in this season a whole lot more than the first season. Mm-hmm. It, it was just a whole. Yeah. But I, I was, um, based on a lot of the comments I've read, a lot of people were not pleased with Brad not having as much time in it, you know? So one of the things I liked, I noticed that they had much, much, much more screen time for Sasha and Cam. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's played by Cleo Anthony and that is a black couple mm-hmm. her best friend who um, 
and and I'm just going to say this for a second. Did you since I'm always talking about how we need to have more erotic elements with black um well, uh people of color period on screen <laughs> like we have for the in mainstream where they're all white. I was very very pleased to see Sasha and and Cam on camera together. And a lot of people hated the fact that she got so much screen time. What do you think about that? I, well, I think that's, I think, I think they needed that because this is obviously a relationship. Here's what I, and this is the writer in me, you know, I see Sasha is, is I feel like Sasha's her real soulmate. You know what I mean? Like they, they are, maybe they haven't shown that depth between them, but I kind of am getting that between her. What's the main character saying? I can't even think of it. It starts with a B, though. Okay. Because people are always uh, saying the two Bs. I remember Brad um, and... <laughs> oh, it was almost there. I almost had it. Anyway, I remember in a minute. Um, And I feel like they... Billy. Billy, that's it. I feel like they've gone so far back, the two of them. And I think it was important for us as the watcher to see the relationship that Sasha went through and the sacrifice and then the the you know, why she chose to be so independent because that did kind of affect Billy. Because I think Billy saw in Sasha some of that wildness that she felt out of control. You know what I mean? When she felt out of control. And so that's part of what I think drove her to Brad. And then I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, finish. Oh, no, but I was just saying, I felt like that, having that there having showing us the depth of emotion and how much Sasha just shut herself off for really no good reason besides her family's you know influence which is a real betrayal if I'm saying the right word portrayal is a real portrayal of ethnic family like I know as a Hispanic person you have a lot of that in, in ingrained in you that you I can't even speak ingrained in you that you need to be married or you need to be you know if you're being um living with a man you need to marry him if you're gonna you know support you have to support your man even to this day when i serve dinner i always make my husband's plate first if he's home and it's just so ingrained in and your and through you and your culture you know i think that was something I, I i don't know sasha reminds me a lot of you dicey like she is so independent you know and she's so like I see these things and I want to respect them, but this is who I am and I need to respect that first. Whereas Billy did the opposite. She lost control of the situation, which I felt like was showing a, a real um, trope of the age of the two of them at the time, right? They were both young, they were both stupid, they didn't know how to deal with the loss. Um, so I think it was like this opposite spectrum. Billy flipped because she was suppressing that part of herself for so long and went back to Brad. Um, and, and Sasha was like, yeah, you know, I'm supportive of that. But I think Sasha really w was missing a connection that she had with this character this season. So I thought it was important for her to have all the screen time she had. I thought oh, as a yeah. storyline, you know? Absolutely. And I agree 100%. I thought it was brilliant the way it was written that we saw two different versions. We saw what happens from from their perspective anyway a woman who pursued the career at first and then pursued family and or you know uh, mm -hmm. a, a partner 
and the woman who pursued the family first and then was like, that's not enough and I want to pursue my career also. So it was interesting seeing how both of them were coming from different ends of the spectrum. But what I, what I resonate, what resonated with me, because I've been noticing this over the last year from, from things that are going on in my own personal life, that no matter what route you take, we want it all. Oh, <laughs> and and yeah. whichever yeah and whichever way you take there is going to be something missing if you are not because you you cannot you have to fill in all of those gaps you you mm-hmm. want the satisfying um endeavor and you want the family for those for and I'm speaking to those of that do there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with somebody just want one or the other I'm just saying from their perspective, these two who wanted, who still had holes, who still had things that they felt were being suppressed, they still had the drive to go after the other thing. It was interesting to see how both of them, um, I think it it said that neither direction is the right or the wrong way to go. Mm -hmm. It is all leading you to your best self. And when you are pursuing the career and not the family, but you want the family, then at some point the career is not going to be enough. And then you're going to go after the family also. So, cause you want both, or you might feel like you made a wrong path. Why didn't I just go after the family, but you didn't do anything wrong. Or mm-hmm. if you went after the family first, that was your aim. And then later on, you know, your husband ended up leaving or whatever, the relationship doesn't work. And then you're like, well, how did I, where did I go wrong? I should have just went after my career first, but that wasn't right or wrong either. It was a decision that you made and it was all the right decision, but the emptiness or whatever it is that's missing is just your, your higher self, your drive saying it's time to get all of it. It's time to like, Mm -hmm. if you were just completely satisfied already, then you would never achieve the next thing that you, that you need to feel more whole. And so that, and these are, like I said, these are some of the things that I've been dealing with in my own personal life. So it resonated very deeply with me and I have come full circle. Like there was no wrong path either way. I would have felt like something was missing. So at that point, it's time to go after what is missing. And I, I thought watching both of them end up to what made them happy, which I think is the most important thing. We, we as women are always having to suppress something. Mm-hmm. And I loved how in the end, they both t- decided to pursue whatever made them happy. Yes, absolutely. And two things did happen that I felt like I was disappointed by. And then um, I was, I was happy about it though. So one of the things, for one thing, I was disappointed by Sasha's storyline because it wasn't that complex. And they did such a great job with Billy's storyline making it complex. They could have made Sasha's storyline a little more complex. It was very simple. She wants this. She has, you know, family history that makes her not want or makes her stand against what her own needs wants. She goes towards a career and it's like the bad guys, like, no, you must do this. You know what I mean? So I felt very like, that was just too simple for Sasha. I felt like she deserved a little bit more depth uh, mm-hmm. as a character. But in the end, she did choose to, you know, where, where, where you know, which is where we wanted her to go anyway. We wanted her to, to follow her happiness, and she did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it felt a little hollow for me because I was like, she probably could have had a lot more complexity because I mean, there was a time where even in this show, in this series where she was like person after person after person having sex, having sex, doing all these things. And it wasn't, it wasn't making her happy again. We, you see, you know, she has all this screen time. They, I just think they could have done a little bit better. I mean, there could have been a little more complexity for her. Hmm. I, I would love for Sasha to have her own, uh, her own spinoff. That would be amazing, especially mm-hmm. since so many people, when I was reading the comments, they were so upset that there, there was so much of this season that was about Sasha and Cam. And then that's what bring me back full circle to okay but would y'all watch it what would it if if sasha had had her own show it would have been considered a black show and the numbers mm. would have been way down yeah people people would not have watched it to the level that they watched sex life with well, billy mean, as the main woman and and honestly think about this it was not a, I don't know that I've ever from any of the, the black ladies I've known in my life that I've ever seen one with such a streak of independence and, and, and do what's good for you and not, not what the man wants. That's usually the opposite of most ethnic families. So that was an unusual twist. Maybe that's where they thought they were going to throw in the twist for her storyline. Um, but I mean, I kind of get it. The grandmother had went through it, you know, so she was, she was really cautious. But usually it's a very God-fearing, you know, I know from for Hispanic world it is. It's all about, you know, the guilt. <laughs> it's all about the Catholic guilt. Um, and so, you know, I, I just, it was, that was a little bit, okay, you know, we're, we're going a different direction, which I guess they were doing that because they felt like the white audience wouldn't have liked it the other way. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, what I, I, I see... Like my generation waiting on the the husband being the the whole work mule, making sure we we I mean, are we do every damn thing. Yeah, damn we're thing. doing everything. We're we're the unpaid labor. The mm-hmm. cooker, the cleaner, the and, housekeeping, mm-hmm. the transportation for the whole family, and then also having to make an income. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, there is that. But I would I would want to do something for ourselves. I, I would say that it seems like the younger generation is breaking out of that. They're like, fuck this independent woman working hard. I want to live in my soft life era. I, I see that a lot, especially like on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And um, that whole working ourselves into the ground, into the bone. I can't for, do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, Three I jobs. Seen, I worked. Three jobs for nearly 10 years. I know. I have seen a change. I have seen a change. And I didn't know maybe they were pulling that out like this generation now is saying could no be. more we are not doing that and that could have been what you know that could have been exactly why they decided to do what they did i and i and i applaud that she went you know that they that this was that they they brought her to love but at the same time i i felt like i felt like they kind of cheated her because i think she could have had a happy medium somewhere between the husband and her independence. There could have been a better marriage of the two things. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Um, with Sasha, though, I thought they did that at the very end. At I the think very, I very thought, end. Yeah, at the very end, because at the time, I was like, well, why does it have to be one or the other? Exactly. But at the end, when that man, his fine ass, <laughs> he said he wasn't going and that he was going to, ch- he was going to stay right. here for her for a change. I was like, oh, come on with it. Yes. Yeah, that was good. That and is maybe, not and- something we see. And that should have been, I felt like that should have been, I should have, we should have seen that a little bit more because it was kind of like almost swept under the rug at the end. You know what I mean? Like that should have been a bigger light shined on it. She should have been like messaging, taking her to see grandma, you know, guess what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, also it's a brave thing for men to do. Yeah. Say that it's not just about what I need to be successful but I need my wife to be happy and successful. And let me tell you why men, if you're listening, if any male is listening, because the reason divorce rates are the way they are is because, you know, you hear people say, I get married 10, 15 years later, I'm a different person. I don't want to be with this person. You know why? Because you don't evolve with your partner and you Mm. have to evolve. And if you don't evolve for the better, and if you don't nurture yourself and your relationship, you do end up in different places and you do end up moving on to different parts of your life, sometimes better and sometimes worse. Mm -hmm. So I think that that could have been, I think that that could have been played up a little more because there needs to be a little bit more better role models for that Mm. for for men. That, that was very big of him. But what I would, what I will say to that is I've noticed when they have had men kind of uh, sit in the background while the wife achieves, but he's there in a supportive role for her is usually because he don't have anything going for himself. I love that Cam, this character was also very accomplished on his own. And it wasn't that she was carrying him because I would have been so upset if, if that's the direction they'd have went in and like that, like that movie daddy's girls or something. No, ain't nobody Mm -hmm. going to, to pull up and take care all for your girls. And no, like that right. is a bad message for black women but yeah. this dude he had his own he was like he was already successful and he basically said you don't have to re you don't have to uproot yourself for me i'm gonna do that for you mm-hmm. um and brad so that was, was good yeah brad was in it a little bit less but what i noticed that they did with this they showed him having a whole lot of flashbacks from his mm-hmm. own perspective, which I thought was was interesting. It showed how he was trying to be... I'm, I'm hearing a lot of noise. A lot of noise coming on your end. Oh, weird. I yeah, it's moved, a lot I of just, scratching or something. I just moved my foot across the carpet, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, he it, it showed that he was trying to be um, a good man for his new wife, because he, he married um he was trying to be um uh uh he was trying to do the right thing and marry her because they had a baby on the way mm-hmm. but also i think it showed that he was settling that was not who he really wanted and which is kind of what Bill yeah yeah and that and that does set up for some really bad relationships your relationship is not going to make it you already know it's not going to make it when you're just settling for somebody when you know you want somebody else mm-hmm um, I, what did you think of Billy's new love interest in this one? Um, I mean, he seemed like a decent guy, but he reminded me a little bit of that carefree Billy that 
um, that, you know, this, let's just enjoy the moment. Let's just enjoy each other. And, you know, after the ro- the honeymoon was over, so to speak, in their relationship, um, and it was the day-to-day life, this was the, the other thing that I was, um, at first I was very unhappy because they didn't show Billy as a mother until the second part, until the second act, as they would say. And mm-hmm. we start seeing that the, ch- the children are actually there and he needs to pay attention that she's a mom. Um, I am a little disappointed that they didn't show her juggling that a little better. Um, and it was a little too fast for me, the transition, even though they try to show us some of the, um, because there was so much anger between her and her ex-husband. And he had just, he was just so angry with her. And I just felt like I understood he had a near-death experience, but I was like, you know, dude, it was such a day and day and night, like a switch that flipped in him. So I felt like they could have done that transition a little smoother, like maybe show him a little bit more like, well, she is happy or, but he just, he was in such a hateful, spirally situation that he could not even look at her, you know, like he was happy that she was there for her kids, which they didn't really even show until towards the end when the kids were important to have around the new boyfriend. Do you know what mm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, with her new love interest to me, I could not stand him in the beginning. I was like, oh, no. But then I was like, okay, this is a good way of showing how he is so much different from her husband and her ex-lover, Brad. He was just he was just different from both of them. He was yeah. okay in his own right, you know, but he mm. was just so different from them that that probably made for some good, um, you know. I, I think we weren't supposed to love him. We weren't supposed right. to love him so that he so that we'd be happy when she got back with Brad. Uh, right. But I I think you know from an analysis standpoint uh, that. It was nice to see that there's life after divorce, though. There's love after divorce because she mm-hmm. did have feelings for him. She did just jump. She she was able to move on. And um, and they and, did show some time stretch, right? There was. Yeah. The, yeah. The honeymoon phase was a few months. It wasn't just yeah. like a few days or a week. Yeah. But he was and that. I thought they did a good job of making him so different from Brad that we see Brad is actually being a good dad. And this yes. dude was not going to cut it. <laughs> she, yeah. she was like, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to suppress the mother side of me just to have fun with you. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a total package, which I thought was good. Now, some of the other things that I nitpick with in season one, I, I nitpick again in season two. Now, I guess they showed it plausible here but most people are not going to be able to have a family home where the kids can continue to to um to go to their same schools they still their life is not interrupted in terms of the house they're they're so wealthy that she has an apartment somewhere else he has an apartment you know, and ridiculous. Come, yeah, then and they then come he, to the house. <laughs> and he buys that, that ridiculous car and literally wrecks it the same day. I mean, what? <laughs> Give me a fucking break. Talk about so, first, world pro- first world problems. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, but did you notice that Billy's implants were not in this time? I did. And I will say she lost weight for this role, the second season. She looks... Like, I just wanted to sit down and force feed her a sandwich. She was so, <laughs> so, like, emancipated. It wasn't even, like, it wasn't even, like, thin. She looked almost like, what? 
that's well, going on. I will say that I was so pleased. Look, I have nothing against implants or anything, but they were so distracting in yeah. season one that I felt like it was so much better to see her as her natural self or or whatever. You know, it, it wasn't about natural or fake. It was just that they were so perfect and so it just bothered I mean, me so much. I remember we talked about it. I was like, yeah, I bet you're breastfeeding and your tits are like perfect. Give me a break. She just had a kid. <laughs> she breastfeeding with these perfect, really round, beautiful boobs that don't move. I was like, oh my God. I it was just so distracting to me. Mm-hmm. So this and it, and it has nothing to do with the actress herself, whatever she does with her body and everything. But I mean, as the character, as a viewer watching this, it was so much easier to watch without that, uh, without her implants. And golly, I was so bothered. Um, <laughs> it definitely felt like she was a real person, more of a yeah. person. But I mean, I understood. I mean, she's going to be totally nude on a show. I, I can understand she wants to feel her most safe, you know, looking self or however she, she considered it. But I mean, her, her, her co-star Sasha is so, that woman is a rail. She is like model skinny. And I think that's natural. I don't think she does it on purpose. I think that's uh who she is. That's her body type. Yeah. I can imagine. They were all so beautiful, the women and men. So it was easier on the eyes, but at least those implants were not distracting me. I was so bothered. Listen, this is the the main question that I'm wondering. Do you think her relationship, because she ends up with Brad at the end, do you think her relationship with Brad is just about sex? Or do you think that they really have genuine feelings for each other? Now, I know that they have not been able to find someone else that they that they love more than each other, but is or do they have a relationship that can go the distance? What if something happens and they no longer are having sex? Do they have anything else that glues them together? Well, I feel like yes, because I tell you why. There was a moment in the season where when she saw him with that child and I could see it on her face like, oh, my God, you make a great dad because she never thought he could. Mm. And in that moment, she saw him very differently than when she, you know, before it was always lusty, lusty, lusty. And this time it was like you're a real like put together man like oh wow mm. you girl me? when whenever they had those tense strained moments when they were around each other and you could tell they wanted to be together but they couldn't be and they were she was like crying or they were holding back tears oh my god i was so i was holding back tears too like oh this is just so much please get together again i was like oh it's terrible (laughs) i didn't want them to be apart i didn't want them to be hurting and not being able to have the persons they want to have that just bothered me um uh, okay so they finally released in an article that brad's dick in season one was a prosthetic that's right i saw it (laughs) I sent it to you. I think I. Oh, then uh, maybe that's where I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we knew that, but okay. Yeah, we figured that just because of the way he answered the question. Like he said um, that he got, that was him full frontal, that was him getting nude. Like he focused on the nude part, but when asked about his, that dick, that long hung dick in particular in season one, he did not address that, mm-hmm. that particular part of it. So, um 
that that was a prosthetic, uh, everyone in season one. I, I mean, it still was great. It's good to see some some male meat on the screen since we always have female um, bodies. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm good with the prosthetics. The same thing that we see on a lot of other shows too. No biggie. Mm-hmm. You know, and the deal with the ex-husband, I felt like they showed him being a scumbag. And I think I he, he hurt people, hurt people. So he was so hurt. He was damaging other people, too. And I, I did really, really, really feel bad for him. But at the same time, I don't think that he really owned um, uh, what his part was in her in their relationship not working out too. Hmm. Like there were so many times where she tried to connect with him and he was, he was not, he was not doing it (laughs) in the Uh first season. And it wasn't just because she was wanting her cake and eat it too. Like he was, he was on some other shit. He was Mm -hmm. on some other shit. And I, I felt like that was, I think this was, if he'd have taken the time to actually look at his behavior too, he'd see that he was, he was, he was kind of a scumbag too. Uh, And you know what? I think that's, that's true for almost every situation we get in guys, anything that you're doing that you're unhappy about, I promise you in some way or another, you antagonize it. You just got to find that. And he, and because he couldn't see that, is why I think he kept going from bad to worse to even worse to the point where he almost died. And I really, I really hate it that he was, he ended up with that other girl. It Mm. seems like he's just with her because she loves him, but But I don't see how that's going to work either. I think it's because in his head, that's safe. And I I just think that's, yeah, I think that's the topic. I mean, that's, he ended up with Billy knowing that, she didn't really, you know, like she loved him, but I think he knew that 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 passionate part of her was being suppressed because he remember there was so much time where she was trying to be with him and yeah. do you know thrilling things, and he was like, no, you know, that cycle is going to repeat itself. Then he's just going to so. hurt her too. Yeah, I think so. So we probably if they do another season, we'll see more coming out of it with him. Yeah. We'll do you think? Do you think there'll be another season? I mean, they really try to wrap it up with a neat bow this time, so I'm not sure. I mean, they did it. They did it last season too. I mean, the way they ended it, we thought for sure they were getting back together, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't like that at all. But you know, I guess I don't know. Sometimes it's one of those things you're like, I really appreciate it when a show does that, just in case they don't get resigned. Mm-hmm. But then, but then the shows that don't do it and leave you cliffhangers, and then you're like, they didn't get resigned. <laughs> you're like what the fuck happened can somebody write it and, and write a book like how the fuck am I going to know what happened to these characters you know <laughs> wrap that shit up that's what I'm I really do hope there is another season I'm enjoying this and to be oh, it's very very sexy there's a lot of sex scenes and all that but so I am... so I fast forward through a lot of them because I'm like oh lord again <laughs> <laughs> no I, I enjoy that and, and I'm someone who's always a proponent for more erotic content but I love erotic content with a plot with some storyline with some depth and this has what 365 days does not <laughs> yes i will 110 percent agree with that yeah and in 365 days we just have the sex this i believe i i 
saw so much story and so many other things. Even some of the other second secondary characters, some of their friends, and how they were also blossoming, how they were coming out of their shell, how they were owning their own power through sexuality and 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 um, you know putting their needs first for change out of their marriages. I love that too. There's so much more that can be explored there. So I would really love to see where they go with it because I feel like the writers have really tapped into um, women's awakening that mm-hmm. kind of is, is, is seems to be happening uh, on a global scale. But, so, all right, <laughs> let's switch gears for a moment. Yes, that was the sex part of the evening. Now we're going to talk yes. about the horror part. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And we probably should keep that format. You think, because we started out doing that in season one, we should probably switch back to that where we have like a sex part portion of it and then a horror portion. Yeah, why not? Why All right. Not? <laughs> so you, Mr. Oh, Joe man. Goldberg, what do you have? This has been an interesting ride. So I went back a little, guys. Again, you're going to hear spoilers. So I went back a little bit and I would, I, I really, as a whole, I felt like, that this this story has been a huge dark satiric telling of the concept of romance that we've seen in entertainment for years now um just really being so over the top like i'm gonna do everything to give you love and to make sure you get all the things you want in your life and nobody's gonna stop our connection i'm gonna make it perfect and literally to the point where this this guy had in the very first season started killing people uh, to get them to, to make sure he had that perfect meet cute to make sure he had the perfect you know one year one year one week anniversary or whatever it was he was trying to convince this female that that she needed him in her life. So in season one we saw this guy who everybody felt was easy on the eyes, you know. Pan <laughs> Bagley is hot as fuck. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, here we see this guy, right? And he's just like, he seems like the perfect, quiet, well-mannered guy. He's in, works in this, he's intelligent. He works in a bookstore. He has appreciation for all these books. And you dig a little deeper, okay? He's a little obsessive about this female, right? You know, next thing you know, you dig a little deeper. Okay, well, now he's literally manipulating the situation to make sure that you know, okay, well, you know, you, you order flowers for somebody. That's kind of manipulating a situation. But then you go even deeper and you're like, this guy, what the fuck? But here's the thing. They wrapped it in such a neat little package that in, even from the beginning, I felt like you were kind of rooting for him, even though he's creeping you out. You're like, oh, God, but but he really does love her. And that is the genius of this show because you really do get blindsided by the fact that you as a person, which is probably why they named it you, (laughs) are sitting there going, but he really loves her. This man doesn't know what love is. He has no idea what love is. (laughs) He has a fucking... He's psycho. He is psycho. (laughs) But here it is. In the beginning, he was not as psycho as you think. Because then season two comes around and he falls in love with someone named Love. And he has just fallen head over heels and he just like really gets wrapped into this character. His ex shows up, whom he thought he had, I believe he thought he had killed her and she did not die. 
if I remember correctly. She mm-hmm. beat down. And so she's there. And all of a sudden, at the end of that season, we discover, guess what, Joe? The player is being played. Because love is just as bad as him, except when season three comes around. We discover love is so much more psychopathic than he is. And and that is like a really interesting turn in the writing of the show. I think a lot of people have been looking at how well they're, they're writing this, the complexity of it and the human psyche of it is really interesting. So we went from him basically stalking to another stalking situation, but then discovers he was kind of being stalked to, okay, now he has a child on the way with this crazy bitch. And... <laughs> And now it's like, okay, and you would think, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, they're perfect for each other. They're both kind of weird and crazy. Mm-hmm. But this motherfucker here is still <laughs> in denial that he is a psychopath. I mean, he is, he is in total denial until season four happens. So now we're up to, up to date into season four. <laughs> so, uh, and I just blew through all those notes, but basically that's what I was writing down this perspective of, of what I've seen in the other season. So now we get him into season four. He has just said, you know what? I, I'm, he does go to, to Europe. Um, and he does, he is there because he's searching for this woman who he was in love with from the previous season, uh, but had gotten Marianne. away. Yes, Marianne. Marianne. But that had gotten away and was happy because in his mind, he was leaving her from his crazy wife. Okay, fine. He's still fooling himself, but okay. You know, we'll go along with it. By now, we all know Joe is not right. Of course, we've known that since season one, but Joe has zero idea. So, (laughs) season four happens. He finally sees her, and it's by pure happenstance. It's not even on purpose, at least that we know of, but he sees her, and she sees him, and then she runs. Okay. He tracks her. Oh, it was definitely on purpose. He was hunting her down. I think so, too. (laughs) So, you know, we see him see her, and he's just like, you know what? I I love you, but I love you so much, and I'm going to say, you know what? Enjoy your life, and if our paths cross again one day, then I know it's meant for us to be together. All of a sudden, he takes this big step, right? And then he gets this strange... Uh, I can't even remember where that guy came from in the beginning that knew who he was and he's like you have to kill this girl so she doesn't keep who you are like she because she knows who you are and so he he quote unquote gets I think that guy was it wasn't real but we'll get to that in a minute um, so he gets proof he steals her necklace to make it look like he kills her okay we move on and he's feeling this high of I let her go I'm, I'm, I'm making progress I realize love is is just not you know something you can force and and, you know we're thinking okay this is a whole new joe what's happening here and then he gets mixed up in this whole other group of people there's like all of a sudden the killer who starts blackmailing him and you're going what what did you think of that at that point this was this was the first half of the season what did you think the first half I was like, oh my God, it's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit. It's a murder she wrote. It's, I was not pleased. I loved watching him. So I was, I was in it for the long haul anyway, but I was not enjoying it as much. I did not like anybody that was in this circle. They were all rich snobs. I I didn't like them at all. 
terrible None of people. Them, which, which I think is by design too. That's another mm-hmm. way to make you really love him. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and they distracted the shit out of us as an audience. Yeah. Do you recall? Yes. Do you recall that we talked about this briefly? And I said, I don't think he let her go. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, they may have shown her get on the train. I don't know what what they're doing, but I feel like that it's not possible for him. And for the first time in a long time, people, I can say I was right. (laughs) (laughs) And the and the 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 fan theory that I read that said that it was not it was him all along, and that that other guy didn't even exist. Oh my God, that was such an excellent twist. The fan theory mm-hmm. is what spoiled that for me, though. Uh, yeah. I love the twist. And I just love, I mean, maybe not in real life so much. I know it can be a burden for whoever has to suffer through it. But when it comes to fiction, because I also write this character, I have a character that's a fan favorite. The disassociation, multiple, multiple personality disorder, anybody having that, even like with split you remember that movie by mm-hmm. Night Shyamalan, you know, mm-hmm. anytime that is what is going on with the character Fight Club, you know, any of these, it is absolutely amazing to, 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 uh, for entertainment purposes. 100%. So yeah. yeah, reading and, think- and watching, I love when that is the twist, when that's what's really happening. And I think, you know, you know, we get into season two and immediately everything's coming unraveled. Part two. Um, yeah. RC, yeah, part two of season four. And uh-huh. immediately everything starts just fucking falling apart because I think the stressors in Joe's life are higher than they've ever been. For one, yeah. he's a part of a social group that has more than two people because, you know, he doesn't like to be around others. That is not his element. Uh-huh. For two, he's talking to children, trying to... And, you know, we've all wa- watched... Anybody who listens to this has probably seen... Um, Oh my God, what's his name? The Florida killer, uh, Dexter. Okay. So we all know, you know, a good psychopath can't be the center of attention. And he was being the center of attention as a professor. Even Mm -hmm. if it was just in his one little room with his 15, 20 students, that's a lot of attention for someone who's truly broken to, to have to deal with. And on top of that, he's struggling with how he feels for this lady whom I know if they do another season, girl, she's going to be worse than love was a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Marianne. And she's got, she has the element of surprise coming for her since she faked her own death that Marianne is in a beautiful position and has motivation. When she was watching him on TV, looking all smug, she does not like that shit. Uh, I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about the one he ended up with the rich bitch. Oh, um, she's got she's going to be seriously fucked up. I think she's been and I'm going to say it now. I think she's been manipulating him the whole show. And I think she man, she knew he killed her father for her. Yeah, I definitely think this lady has got some some inner secrets and she's but she has also said how dark she is. She mm-hmm. basically she has grown up with this. This is not new for her. Exactly. Her dad, her dad did the same thing. Her dad been killing folks. He's mm-hmm. on that Illuminati type shit. And he yeah. has been killing people and orchestrating stuff in her life, or at least that's what she said. And uh, well, he yeah, he said that too. Um, but uh but Joe 
is basically doing the same exact shit, the same mm-hmm. thing for her. And for mm-hmm. and so, but now it'll be interesting to see what he does now that he's a billionaire. How did this psycho hook up with a billionaire? Because now he's got really all rich people money. are insane. Yeah, <laughs> now he's got all this money and power to go with this insanity. But yeah, she basically just traded her dad for him. But she's got mm-hmm. the same kind of hitman vibes going. Here's the thing: I think she knows exactly who Joe was. Her father was such a fucking psycho. There is no way he didn't send her information. She has to know that who Joe is before yeah. he tells her. I yeah, really I agree. Do think so. Yeah, I believe that. I could see that. But I mean, I also felt like this season, the kill that Joe made with a guy who we thought was this serial killer and turned out not to be him, that was the most brutal kill he's done. In all the seasons. <laughs> I mean, he was fucking horrible. He was vile. He did things that I didn't think another man would ever do to another man. Um, yeah. And, and then he just fucking, I mean, he broke his neck choking him. That's how yeah. crazy he went killing him. Yeah. Yeah, so he did. He, he became so unhinged because I, I don't really know, you know, this is like, you know, again, the extra term. This is our first time seeing his dark passenger for real in that moment. And, and we're just... and he's also calling himself he he called himself doing it to protect Marianne. He is having he was having this hero complex so mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. at the same time. I am so grateful, Marianne, that he thinks she's dead. And I, I don't think she's gonna go after him. Only I don't know, maybe she will, but only because I mean it's dangerous now. It's going to be even more dangerous. It is. And they have uh, people protecting them everywhere now, too. And because and, they're just filthy rich. Um, but she has motivation. Uh, I just hope she's able to have the opportunity and means to go along with that. I don't know what, what she does, but she they. I don't think they showed her looking like that for no reason. Um, maybe. maybe. And I, I, would <laughs> hate, I would hate for her to get caught up in, in that, though, because it's going to be it's going to be insane. I think if they do a season five, which they probably will, it's going to be off the charts. Like he is going to be so unhinged because I mean, he did finally, I don't know the right word would be heal himself, but he did something that really no psychopath that is a clinical psychopath could ever do. And that was, he tried to kill himself. He literally threw himself off a bridge and almost died. Um, and that's not something a normal psychopath can do. So I think that that there was emergence of now that he's alive. There's emergence of personality. Um, I, again, he's not seeing any kind of therapist. We don't really know if there's any actual what the hell is going on. And I think that's part of the appeal, if you will, of this show that we don't really know, like where his head really truly is oh i i think we do at the end when the dude asking the questions or doing the interview said oh so y'all just you know teamed up together you're gonna take over the world he was like she's gonna take over the world i'm just here to help so merging his hero complex with his psychopathy that has him believing that he is there to take care of her by any means necessary um 
I feel like that that is and and then also him showing how he has accepted the fact that he is a killer. He is um, you know, he is crazy. He has accepted mm-hmm. that about himself. But I here's what like I think's gonna happen. There's I think. just it is just so so many his you use the word unhinged, like definitely unhinged, but there's just limitless possibilities with where they can go like they could they could kill multitudes at once now like we're talking like global warfare now oh yeah and that's just it like i think the only thing that's going to bring them down is somehow she's going to fuck up and he's going to realize she's been manipulating him which is what love did um Mm -hmm. and i think that's the i I don't know either that or he's going to think she's doing that and maybe she really won't be or maybe she will be and it's just going to make him crazier. So, I don't know. The We're going to see. Is, right now, they have a pact between them. I wonder how long that will last because all it's going to take for them, because she's, she's killed before too. So, you know, they oh, share yeah. that in common. Uh, if all there needs to be is some sort of doubt um, especially when they're both capable of doing heinous things. If, if there's some sort of doubt put in their minds that the other one is, is really still united with them, then that's where they're going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Right now, they are teamed up because they trust each other. And um, when that yeah. falters, everybody's in trouble. Well, I mean, that's the one thing that, that I think we didn't see with love, right? Because this time they came together um, in a mutual, like, she feels guilty. He felt guilty. Um, and then finally his hero complex was able to merge with his murderous complex because that was going to protect her, you see. And as much as he thought his his hero complex or that part of himself as much as he he thought she would not be happy with her father you know like being murdered he finally realized no she really there's no other way to to free her i have to do this and again it became his hero complex merging with his his murder part you know i need me a joe (laughs) right Come on, I am not the only person watching this show thinking, oh, where's my Joe? <laughs> you know, what I really need in life is a Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this season, this man with his facial hair and his hair. Whew. Girl, I just wanted to grab that hair. I just want to rub my fingers off through it, pull and tug. Hmm. I just don't know. But yeah, that end scene where he uh, cut that, that student's throat and... Uh, and life to the girl. I pissed some people off online talking about um well usually when I get into these discussions it, <laughs> I'll have it's a, gonna be good. I'll have a top comment and and whenever you have a top comment on stuff, it just means that like the first hundreds or so of people are gonna love it. But because it's getting all that attention, you're gonna start getting the people that's gonna have some issues with stuff too, you know? Mm-hmm. So but they they showed Nadia, the chick who was in Joe's business and was, you know, had helped to free Marianne, even though he doesn't know that, you know, like she was being a detective all along. She loves that murder mystery type stuff, that murder mm-hmm. she wrote, the who done it. 
Uh, <laughs> when um, they showed her face, it was some Netflix meme page or something. And I was like, if she should have stayed, she should have minded her own business was a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah. Nadia represents. You mm-hmm. mind your own business, Nadia, and you won't catch the smoke. Mm-hmm. But she went down because she was nosy and she was in somebody's business. She had no business being. Now, come on. Obviously, I don't mean that for real life. People get a get 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 a clue. <laughs> I uh, obviously, if this was a real life situation, I'd want somebody to step in and help. Oh my god. I'm oh, talking yeah. about Joe Goldberg, which is a fictional character. Like Nadia is a fictional character. Mm-hmm. Okay? So in this situation, because I am rooting for Joe, because I love Joe, I want Nadia to stay the fuck out of his business and let him do what he needs to do. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> let the man psycho alone. Damn. Yeah. And, t- and trust me, some of these motherfuckers that died this season needed to die. Right? <laughs> I hated them. And now everybody's trying to push Phoebe on me. Phoebe, she was like, Phoebe, Phoebe. No, Phoebe was annoying as hell. And then all this discussion, like, love, we miss love. Bring love, God. No, I am not missing love at all. I'm Mm -hmm. so glad she's gone. (laughs) Well, you know, at first, in that first season we had, the second season with her, I liked her character. She was smart, and but then we came to season three, and she was just full fledged fucking nuts. And yeah, I was like, dude, uh, oh, this is not no. That desperation is around, right? You're crazy, and this is making me feel like you're gonna boil some rabbits. I just, yeah, I just could not. <laughs> well, you know that that I think is kind of real life too. That that is, you mm-hmm. know, when she starts chasing, she could feel him pulling away mm-hmm. because he was looking at the neighbor. And when she could feel that, then she starts trying to go after him more, chasing mm-hmm. him harder. Mm-hmm. And then that desperation, like you said, come out. And how many women, how many of us have done that at some point? Oh, God. I think at every, yeah. There's always <laughs> at least one one in your life. At least yes. One. And um, then we're labeled a psycho forever because we let mm-hmm. that whole cycle take off. If only my almost 50-year-old self could talk to my young self and go, Bitch, you don't need any of those motherfuckers. Right? <laughs> and in another year or so, you're going to even hate that you ever even gave him the time of day. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, God damn, why did I even waste my yeah. time on you? Damn. You're going to so realize stupid. he was never worth it in another year. He was Let broke. this shit go. He was a joker. He sucks. <laughs> and out of all these billions of men in the world, billions of, yeah, billions of men in the world, billions of people, depending on what, you know, what you, which way you float. Um, why would you waste time with this fucking idiot? Yeah. So, yeah. It's so true. But, I, you know, but I love think, got caught up in it. I think so. I, you know, there's just, oh gosh, we'll see what they do with this one. But it's, it was, I enjoyed the season. I thought they did a great job with it. A lot of us did kind of see some of the stuff coming, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was, it was still not surprising, but it was still like, wow, that motherfucker built the glass fucking cage again. Like, <laughs> dude, like how, what the fuck? How did he black out that whole fucking building of a, a fucking cage? Like, and forgot. <laughs> and then, like, what does that mean? Like, dude, I need to have a split personality so I can forget all the shit I eat I ain't supposed to be eating and not feel guilty for it. 
Wait, well, I have chocolate I forgot, today? No, but... I didn't have no chocolate. Why am I so fat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I said I forgot, but he disassociated. So he the other part of And you know what, guys? Remembered. We are making fun, being silly. This is for entertainment. Of course, we don't think people with these situations are entertaining. Right. In, re- in real life, it's a whole different thing. I mean, yeah. my God, I'm, my best friend's dealing with her father having Alzheimer's. And trust me, there's nothing funny about that shit. Right, this right. is satirical. This is something that they have intentionally blown up for entertainment purposes to give you something to look at and just go, I mean, just make you think and make you ponder and make you go, what the fuck is going exactly. on? Exactly. That's all and they for. And they did it well because that's what I was doing, cheering mm-hmm. for the serial killer once again, just like Dexter. Once and what again. I, yeah, once again. And listen, what they do so well, and I hope they never stop this because this is what the reboot of Dexter did not do, and it, it suffered because of that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the inner dialogue, we must have the inner mm. dialogue. We yes. must hear those thoughts. When you, when we are looking at a psycho, they're not really acting out everything because they are so contained. There's nothing right. really to show. We can't hear his thoughts. We must be able to hear his thoughts. Those voiceovers are so important. And because, I mean, they're not supposed to be showing emotion because, you know, right. true psychopaths don't have any. Right. However, that doesn't mean that, you know, we can ponder on what they're thinking about. Maybe they're not thinking of anything. We will never know. I mean, I don't think that, you know, any of these guys on death row are going to pop in and, and tell us, oh, well, when this happened, I was thinking this. They're not going to do that. Most of the time, I think they're literally just out out to fucking lunch in their own head. But <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Ooh, serial killers. I got a really cool gift today. Do we have time for a quick little guess what I got today? Okay. So uh, my friend saw something online and she was like, I must get this for Chantal. So some you know I released a little anthology a couple of months ago back in February for the pop-up market with the Houston Horror Film Fest. And one of my stories in there was the telling of, it's kind of like me making fun of, if you will, or just like blowing up again, being probably a little bit more, um, my word tonight is, you know, uh, satirical like i'm being much more of a satire uh, making fun of this guy who says he did not help like he was not he was a victim of the serial killer he was not the the accomplice when in in real fact he was so this first story is kind of my perspective of him trying to be quote unquote not the i was a victim which he was not because clearly i was showing all the things he did and it was my take on it well she found a piece of the floorboard of the killing room of our very own Candyman here in Houston online. Apparently they tore his home down in February, which I had no idea they were going to do, which I say is great because it's an eyesore. We have so many families in Houston that are still suffered and, you know, are probably still very broken over losing a family member to that incredibly horrible situation. But my friend bought me a piece of the board of this house so I have a real serial killer memorabilia now on my wall so Mm. I I, I was like wow I mean it's such a weird creepy thing but it is so much like staring at a car wreck and I can't stop looking at it you know it's funny because people I have so many Ouija boards and people are like oh Ouija board is so creepy I'm like dude you should be more creeped out by that piece of wood I have right there than a fucking Uh Ouija board because that's like for real evil it's an interesting uh thing it's because also i'm writing a book about evil so all this you know there's i don't know after watching this series to you 
uh, evil is, is very much a different different perspective in life than I think we I think most of society sees things very different than we used to 50 60 years ago someone like Joe back in the 50s you know I doubt he would have to kill so many people but if he was that obsessive about doing everything perfect for the woman he would be celebrated what a wonderful up you know great guy he loves his wife he's given her everything so she can have a perfect life and now it's like no that's no that's not that's not right that's not how you should do anybody in life they should be trying to have a, a happiness and find their own happiness in themselves i think that's kind of the message of both these shows tonight actually <laughs> mm. you know, all right. anyway it's been an interesting evening all right fun chatting with you i hope everybody enjoys our takes on sex life and you they're both on netflix check them out or don't we don't care but um <laughs> if you do check them out why don't you let us know um if you agree or disagree with our thoughts it's not gonna matter if you disagree but hey we love the discussion um as long as it's you know respectful and all that but you know uh if you're in our facebook group we can talk about it um we can go back and forth about it some more if you like but enjoy and have a great week bye guys thank you for listening to this week's episode of sex and horror make sure you subscribe and join our facebook group if you'd like to be a guest let us know if you have a topic to suggest a movie tv show book song to be featured let us know you can follow me at chantelrenee.com and i'm at dicey grinner all over social media you can find me on my website diceygrinnerbooks.com see See you you next week for sex and horror. horror